the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management. As a registered representative offering securities and advisory services through Satera Advisor Networks, LLC, a broker, dealer, and registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC. Satera is under separate ownership from Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Rosenthal Wealth Management Group is located at 9265 Corporate Circle in Manassas, Virginia, and can be reached at 703-330-3100. Chris McKay is not affiliated with Satera Advisor Networks, LLC, nor Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Bob Jones is a marketing assistant of Rosenthal Wealth Management Group and is associated with Satera Advisor Networks, LLC. It's time now for Making Money Sense, live with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense is on the air. It is time for another edition of the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. And here he is in studio with us, Larry Rosenthal. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Chris. How are you today? I think today I'm going to be okay. I heard a rumor, a big rumor, that uh, there were some uh, some ribs on the Barbie over there at your place for you know, <laughs> Labor Day weekend and all. So I'm, I'm excited about coming over to see you, you know, having a little bit of extra something, something. Sure. And, Why would know, there not be? Yep. Party exactly. at Larry's house, right? Yep. Well, happy Labor Day weekend, everyone out there, for sure. And it being Labor Day weekend, you know, I've got to tell you, I'm just, you know, <laughs> kind of excited about today's show because... Well, first of all, let, let's just start back up, start this right. You know, good morning, everybody. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal's show. Live call-in, biblical-based financial planning talk show. Give us a ring today. It is Saturday, which means it is what? Open mic Saturday. No questions barred whatsoever. Give us a call with anything on your mind related to wealth management, insurance, taxes, mortgages, estate planning, uh, the stock market, what's going on in your financial plan. If you have questions on anything money-related, give us a call, 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-ROSE-123 or 855-767-3123. A couple quick announcements, and then we're going to talk about Data Dump Day and the scorecard. Okay? okay, it's Data Dump Day and the scorecard, the box score of the stock market and economy today. Uh, but real quick, before we get into that, I just wanted to uh, ma- make another quick announcement here. Um, coming up on Wednesday, September 20th, just a few weeks away, we're going to be having a live webinar. And you can register by going to my website at LarryRosenthal.com. Or for those of you that are watching live on YouTube at LarryRosenthal.tv, you can just click on the QR code, and it'll take you right to the registration page. Now, here's the deal. There's no cost for this webinar. The name of it is Unnecessary Taxes, okay? How to avoid unnecessary taxes that could erode your estate, 
okay, erode your estate. Um, you know, when, when we pass, our assets are going to go to heirs, charities, and the IRS. And there's a lot of times that there's unnecessary, and in some cases excessive, unnecessary taxation. And so we're going to show you blind spots on this webinar. There's no cost for the webinar. There's two times. It's from noon to 1 Eastern and then from 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday, September 20th, uh, uh, coming up in a couple of weeks. So you can simply go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com. Click on the Seminar Educational tab and just go ahead and register right there. You'll have an opportunity to ask questions live in the webinar. So I wanted to just start off with that here today. You know, last week we had a lot of people registering, uh, so keep going, you know, uh, before the classes uh, fill up there. But uh, anyway, data dump day. You know, we have been talking about the Fed for quite a while well always right but quite a while ever since you know the middle of 2021 basically uh when inflation started really rising you know we we've been talking about corporate earnings we've been talking about you know a soft landing no landing recession we've been talking about a hard landing a bumpy landing what does all this mean and and so you know i just i i put together just a bunch of data here, and we're just going to do a data dump this morning. And I apologize for that ahead of time, okay? But there's a lot of people that are asking these questions, and there's a lot of people that just don't understand. We're going to break down the Wall Street speak this morning, and we're going to make this very, very um, uh, easy to follow, okay? Because the reason why is because we are actually at the point now where bad news is good news. Okay, bad news economically is good news for the stock market. Think about that. Think about that for a second. And that's where we are. We are finally at that point. The pretzel has twisted. Bad news is good news. And, and let me explain to you what I mean by that. We have parts of the economy that are slowing down and parts of the economy that are resilient and expanding. And when we start to see the part that's still resilient and expanding starting to slow down, that's more bad economic news, and that makes the stock market do well because the more the economic news shows that things are slowing down, the less likely the Fed will continue to tighten down the economy through the rate-rising rate cycle and stocks like that. And so we are at the point here where bad news is good news. And l let me just sort of talk about this. We have been talking about, or not we, but, but many economists have been talking about this recession that still hasn't hit, right? All over the news, recession. Where is it? When is it? Oh, there it is. Nope, it's over here. No, it's down the corner around the, around the road. No, it's over here, right? Where is, when is this recession going to hit, okay? So, so far, we're still sitting here waiting for a recession that hasn't hit yet. Now, I'm not saying that it's not going to. Okay, I'm not saying it's not going to, but it hasn't hit yet. Most people said by now we'd be in the throes of a big recession. Now we're getting data that shows not so fast. We might not get into a recession at all, and if we do get into one, it may be short, shallow, and very shortly lived. Okay, so so far the economy right now through through you know August of of well through these these numbers are through July. Sorry through July of 2023, is proving to be very, very resilient, even in the face of these massive interest rate hikes that we've had. Inflation, which is measured by a 12-month year-over-year look, 
peaked in June of 2022 at 9.1%, and now it's down to 3.3%. Unemployment, okay, during history shows that when the Fed's raising interest rates, unemployment also starts to go up. Now, we haven't seen that just yet, although unemployment last month was at 3.5, and it's gone up now to 3.8%. So we're starting to see, now we're starting to see, instead of 9.9 million jobs being open, now we're, we, we've dropped it by a million. So now we're starting to see um, more, more uh, uh, reasonable wages being paid to people. And that is going to slow down the price of goods because there's not big bonuses and wage and increasing and increasing and increasing wages like that. So the numbers are suggesting that the economy is coming to a soft landing when you take a look at how much we're slowing down and yet we still have a resilient consumer, wages, and unemployment numbers, right? So when you take a look at what the Fed is looking at, the Fed is looking at a couple of things. One, the Fed, you know, the, the, the primary concern that the Fed has is long-term inflation protection. They have two mandates, inflation or, or price stability and maximum employment. And both of those things fight against each other, right? So the Fed's preferred measurement is PCE, personal consumption and expenditures. And that has a wide range of spending things, much wider than, than the CPI does. And the, a healthy economy is going <coughs> to, excuse me, have PCE running at about two percent. Right now, it's at about three point three percent, but it was at seven percent. So it's come down tremendously when you look at all of this, right? So, so we also have slower but sound labor market. As I mentioned, this is where we're getting bad news is good news for the stock market. We're still creating jobs, but not at the same pace we've been creating them. Okay, over the last you know year or so, so that's interesting right there. And then you take a look at the expansion on GDP. The the GDP expansion numbers are are over two percent, which is a very healthy economy. So we see things on both sides of the the data sheet, if you will. Right, uh, you know there's there's still a couple factors that can still continue to drive inflation, and we just have to wait. We're at the point now where the Fed needs to stop. Maybe they'll raise this month. Maybe they won't. But we need to stop for a handful of months and see where we are. So in conclusion, okay, we, we've got, you know, uh, although most current data indicates inflation's cooling with, with a modest economic slowdown, which most people predicted we'd have a tremendous slowdown, but it's just been modest. And it takes interest rates, as I was mentioning, it takes interest rates several months to actually impact the economy. So now you take a look where the conference board is. The conference board has a leading index or, or an index of 10 statistics that are leading economic indicators. And it's been negative for 16 straight months, slowing the overall economy's dropping, right? But yet the stock market is rising. Unemployment is strong. The consumer's showing up strong. We've got stuff on both sides. So, so a more optimistic scenario suggests that all the indicators don't apply to this market, this situation, because of, the, of, 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 the, uh, of, of how COVID happened. We're still dealing with the fallout from this economically. Massive shutdown, massive stimulus, massive bounce back, massive reopening. 
okay? It's like eating too much. You've got to wait and digest all of this for a while, okay? So we've got research showing slowdown, recession, very small recession coming, and you've got a research on the other side showing not so fast, maybe not a recession at all, maybe not even a soft landing, maybe no landing at all, and the economy just continues to take off. So that's the data dump. That's where we are. We are at the point now where bad news equals good news for the stock market. When you see bad economic news, people instantly think, hey, it's going to keep the Fed off the brakes for a while. So, hey, let's go ahead and welcome Janet on the line from Maryland. Good morning, Janet. How are you today? Hi, Larry. How are you? I'm well. How can I help you? Good, good. Well, I wanted to ask you a question. I received a letter from my bank. And I just want to read you this first paragraph because it seems like it it uh, affects thousands and thousands of people, actually all over the world. But it says here, we're writing to let you know about a recent global cybersecurity incident involving MoveIt, a file transfer tool owned by Progress Software. The software is used by government agencies, major financial firms, and thousands of companies around the world. This incident resulted in the potential exposure of customer information for any organization. Move it, Janet. I've seen. I. I. Let me jump in here. Yeah, I've seen. I've seen letters like that, and I know what you're talking about. And apparently, there there may have been a data breach somewhere. And so, what they're doing now is they're signing people up for um, data or not data monitoring for uh, credit monitoring services. So I. I, I've seen those. you know, and everybody's data is out there, I guess, with it. It's so a little scary. <laughs> it is. It's very, very scary. Best thing to do well, is to is to get with the data monitoring services and check your accounts every few days. And change your passwords. Yep. Yep. Change your passwords. Do password protection. You know, Chris, you could talk a lot about cybersecurity. Well, I can. The two-factor authentication is the biggest thing. Make sure that you have that turned on. It's an option that you can turn on for most banks, and it. You have to, it has to send you a text or something to your phone before you can log in. I mean, that kind of really stops a lot of this problem. Yeah, well, I guess, I, I mean, it says that it has our name, address, checking savings, and money market accounts. And, um, you know, it, but the fact that it now it says that it, you know, doesn't have our Social Security number, date of birth, or... Uh, credit card numbers, but if this if government agencies were hacked in, also, of course, they're going to have our social security numbers and our date of birth. But so Janet, there's me, yeah, yeah. W- like I said, I think the 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 answer, the solution to the issue here is to make sure that you have your cybersecurity, you know, tight for how you do all of your transactions, anything online. That's the answer to, to, to the question there for you. There's, I, I, also, I, there's also insurance that you can buy also if you really are concerned about it. There's cybersecurity insurance. So if yep. something does happen to you, you can recover. Yep. Well, what, what if you decide to not do online banking, just kind of more go to the bank and not even you know, bother getting online? I'm just curious. Uh, I that's don't know a lifestyle that's choice. Yeah. <laughs> that's what? a lifestyle choice. That's a lifestyle choice. Yeah, I, I mean, many I'm just people. wondering, is that more I know like many protected? people like that. I mean, I know many people like that. I know people that that have computers that do not have them connected to the Internet, but they have them just mm-hmm. for their own personal use, you know? 
Um, so everybody has to really sit down and take a look at, at the different you know things. But the, I've seen letters like that in the past, and I know that these firms, whatever their banks or whoever they may be, they will probably offer you know 12 months free of credit monitoring services and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah, but I guess my concern though is that it, that's sort of like after the fact, like somebody's you know already taken some of your money, uh, and then it's sort of like you know you're being alerted to it you know after the fact. I guess my my question. Well, though, they have is to like, alert you. Wouldn't I would rather them alert you if if there was an issue for sure. And you're yeah. also insured with the FDIC, so if any money comes out of your account, that's going to be replaced. Okay, I thought the FDIC was more if something yeah, happened that's, to that's if the like bank the bank. Insolvent. Yeah, is that what it know, is? But I, I still know, know they. I still know they cover it. I know they cover I, I, losses. I don't know. I don't know, but we can find some research and, and send we'll it out to you. But just follow what that letter says, Janet. That's the best thing that I would I would suggest to you. Uh, okay? okay, yeah, because I was just my question was sort of like who's ultimately responsible if somebody if a scammer gets into your information and withdraws money, is I the customer no responsible or is the bank responsible? I do not know. I would imagine it's different for different institutions and depending on the circumstances. I don't know. Oh, it okay. doesn't. Yeah, you're right. The FDIC doesn't cover that. Yep, yep. I don't know. Janet, I appreciate the phone call. You have a wonderful Labor Day weekend. You listen to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Back with more with more Making Money Sense. Listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855 Rose 123. That's 855 767 3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. There are still too many countries that give little or no assistance to disabled children. In third world nations, these children could be left alone while parents try to eke out a living. About 10 years ago, residents of Prince William and Fauquier counties in Virginia formed Children with Disabilities Fund International. It focuses on the needs of disabled children. CDFI's current work in Jamaica and Kenya supports about 300 disabled children and their families. For some of these children, they're getting the care they need for the first time in their lives. CDFI recently began an individual child sponsorship program in an effort to better meet the needs of these disabled children. To choose your child to sponsor, go to thecdfi.org. That's thecdfi.org. Your gift will help transform not only a disabled child's life, but the lives of their parents and of the surrounding community. Go to thecdfi.org. Make a difference. Go to thecdfi.org. Now nationwide and coast to coast from sea to shining sea, call now. 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. Live from the nation's capital, this is the Larry Rosenthal Show. 
But welcome back to the Larry Rosenthal Show. 855-767-3123 is the number to call. That's 855-ROSE-123. We talked to Larry Rosenthal, who is live here in studio with us this today. Larry. So, you know, a couple things I've got uh, to, to discuss today. And, and um, well, just a handful of different things. This this come been coming up with with uh, some questions that we get and we have to sort of break this down a little as to well I'm going to call this sort of an ingredients to the recipe if you will it's one of the ingredients to the overall recipe it's not the entire recipe but but I want to talk about sequencing risk okay sequencing of returns sequencing of withdrawals when do you take money or, or What's the process to start withdrawing income out of your investment? Which, which line item do you want to start taking money out of? Which, uh, you know, which tax scenario do you want to start taking money out of? Speaking with somebody not too long ago, and they were saying, well, as soon as we retire, we want to take our money out of our Roth IRAs because that's tax-free money, and we want to have tax-free money. And I said, well, hold on a second. You know that in 2026, taxes go up, unless Congress changes something. But right now, based off the tax code, the current scenario is in 2026, income taxes go up. That would be a better time to take money out of your Roth IRAs post-2026 because if taxes get higher, if the tax rate increases, and then you're withdrawing tax-free money from the Roth, that's just more of a tax savings you receive, right? So that kind of makes a lot of sense there from that standpoint. So you have to take a look at what's the tax scenario of each bucket of investments to withdraw. And the rule of thumb here is you want to take your your Roth IRA money last because that gives you the longest time to give you compound growth for tax-free income, okay? Uh, And it enables assets to pass on to your heirs tax-free as well so that they can have growth with it also. So that's one scenario. The next scenario is as you approach getting closer in time to retirement, you want to start making sure that you have money in, in investment vehicles, vehicles by mutual funds, dividend stocks, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, different products and things, okay, that are conducive to delivering income in a reliable way, in a tax-efficient manner as well. So how do you go from growth to income distribution? And you're talking about sequencing of risk here. You know, and, and where that ultimately goes is this, is when you roll out your financial plan, and let's suppose you say, well, I'm going to retire in 2027, okay? It, now, run your financial plan that says 2027 and 2028 are two back-to-back down years in the stock market, and then run your plan out. And then run the plan out that says, nope, they're just normal returns. And look at the substantial difference between your performance and your financial plan. And my point here is the sequencing of returns, the systematic withdrawals that you're doing, has to be, you know, it'd be great if it's working out in an up market. But what happens if you retire in the down market or the market turns suddenly? Think about all the people that retired in 2007, right? 
2008 and 9 was not a happy withdrawal season for a lot of people. That's why moving closer in time to when you need those dollars to be positioned, you need to make sure that they're already balanced in a position that's going to to work like that for you. And then slowly you start moving money from growth down to mid-growth, down to uh, low growth into income production. Think of it in different buckets from that standpoint. Let's go ahead and welcome Carla on the line from Maryland. Good morning, Carla. How are you today? Good morning. I'm fine, thank you. I am a regular listener of the program. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yes. My question was, um, I have an inherited IRA. I'm withdrawing, but I needed to know, like, how to invest, like, how to best maximize the funds. Okay. I'm sorry to hear about your loss. And was the inherited IRA, what year did you inherit it? Um, 2016. Okay. So you are under the old rules of the Lifetime Tax Advantage Stretch IRA. So you do not have to okay. withdraw it at the end of 10 years. Okay. okay, you you are under the old rules, Carla, which are great. Okay, it's great news for you yes. from that standpoint. Now, yes. the now that I know what we're dealing with from a tax perspective, your question was how do, how do you maximize the income on it or the growth? The, yeah, the growth on it because um, they have been telling me that I need to withdraw like. They're telling me at the end of the year I need to withdraw, but now I'm hearing that I'm not within that 10-year rule. It's like a lifetime rule. Do I have to adhere to those withdrawals? Yes, you do. You, you, so the, the old rule that you're under is you have to take a withdrawal every year for the rest of your life, okay, okay. It's basically, it's basically what's going to happen for, for your case, all right? Okay. There's a schedule applied to it. The new rules is – you have you, you in some cases you don't have to withdraw, but you have to take it all out and be taxed by the end of ten years. In other cases, you have to withdraw every single year and then take it all out at the end of ten years, depending on how old the IRA owner is. But that doesn't matter; it doesn't apply to you. In your case, okay. you have to take a little bit out each year. It's called a required yes. minimum distribution. It's based off of the date of birth of the decedent IRA owner. Okay. Yes, and you're yes. allowed to stretch it as long as 82.4 years from the date that you received it, okay? So, okay, so that's, that's how long great. you can stretch it, okay? So it'll probably stretch mm -hmm. for the rest of your life. So the yes. question then becomes, it goes to the investment vehicle. What is inside driving the rate of return? Is it stocks? Is it bonds? Is it an annuity? Is it a bank CD? That's how you go about seeing how you can tweak it and get a better performance if it's available on those investments right there. Okay, So sometimes okay. it might just be sitting in a bank account. And long term, that's not going to do well, right? Sometimes no. it could be sitting in a bond fund, and that's not going to do well long term. So, so the, the drilling down to the answer to your question is I need to see what's inside the account. Then I can tell you. Uh, what it's invested in, and and you know, give you some guidance and education on 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 how to take a look at it. So if you like, I'll be happy to put you on hold. Bob will get your contact information real quick, and then we'll have one of our advisors reach out to you and give you an analysis on the holdings inside of it to help help produce more growth for you. Okay. Okay, that will be great. And I wanted to make one comment because I was listening to the previous caller and their concerns about, I guess, theft. 
or security with their funds. I know I've been going through that because it's the third time that my um, bank card has been compromised. I'm actually mm -hmm. just recently received one. And I know with my bank, they're very high on alert if they notice some kind of discrepancy they will get in contact with you. So generally, I think that because the monies are FDIC insured, you will not be responsible for any of those um, fraudulent withdrawals of funds. I, I think it goes to the bank, and I'm not sure if it's FDIC, uh, but we'll, we'll uh, I, I, it goes to the different institutions on how they're going to protect people, is what I yes, call it. Yes. Yes. Let me go ahead and place you on Thank hold. You. you have a wonderful uh, Labor Day weekend. I appreciate the phone yes. call. If you listen to Making Money Sense, give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Let's bring Kelly on from Alabama. Good morning, Kelly. How are you today? Good morning, Larry. I'm great. I listen to the show regularly and uh, really enjoy it. Um, well, thank you. You you mentioned just a minute ago that the taxes would be changing in 2026. You were talking about Roth IRAs, and it would be better to withdraw then. Um, in general, um, what about a non-Roth, a traditional IRA? Uh, how will that be affected in 2026? Am I better to look at withdrawing before then? Exactly correct. There you go. So so in, if if nothing changes, Kelly, between – now and January 1st of 2026, income taxes go back up to what they were pre, uh, what is it, pre-President Trump tax code, okay? That's already written in the books. So if you're withdrawing money out now from an IRA, let's say you're in a 22% bracket, that's going to go up to 28, I think it is, okay? So right now it saves you 4%. So we've been doing a lot of these conversations with clients on how to minimize tax. Well, we're always talking to clients about how to minimize tax exposures, and we take a look at, at, at the calendar, and we lay it out for years. Because when you're in retirement, once you're 65 and over, you've got to deal with Medicare. You've got to deal with IRMA taxes. You've got to deal with the ACA uh, uh, health insurance taxes, the three, the extra 3.8. You've got to deal with, with – um, uh, you know, 2026 taxes going up. So, so there's a lot of tax planning conversations that goes on with withdrawing money. When's the best time to withdraw money? I've seen people take take. Uh, you know, I've seen people save money a few years before retirement in order to start withdrawing money in a 12% tax bracket during retirement, knowing that they got a 33% deduction at some point putting it in. So there's a lot of opportunity when you look at, at the sequencing of your withdrawals when it comes to net planning, the net income for you. But you're exactly correct. On a traditional IRA, Kelly, in 2026, unless taxes change, unless they change the code, you'll pay more income tax when you withdraw. Because it's an income tax across the board. That means Roth money gets a bigger tax-free uh, smiley face, and traditional money has a bigger frown face on it because you've got to pay more taxes. So, so there's still a few years left to take a look at how to minimize these exposures and do some, some tax planning along those lines. Does that answer your question there? Yes, it does. Thank you very much. I appreciate this. Absolutely. Advice. Kelly, let me, let me also tell you this, too. I'd like to send you out our toolkit because we can help break down the four different ways the IRS views your money and my money. 
and Chris's money and Bob's money and everybody's money, right? Uh, when when they look at the investments that we have, and this will help show you, it, 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 it can actually help get you down the road to really taking a look at, at, at uh, minimizing tax exposure throughout your retirement years. So if you like, I'll, I'll put you on hold, and then we'll send you out our, our uh, toolkit for that, okay? Sounds great. Thank you. Absolutely. Appreciate the phone call. You listen to Making Money Sense. Dial us up at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Let's bring on Nelson from Missouri. Good morning, Nelson. How are you today? Good morning. Uh, I had some money, um, some of my money, not not, not all of it, not even a lot of it, but I've got some in a, in a high-grade uh, money market fund. I'm not, right now, I'm not overly worried about opportunity costs, uh, but I'm wondering if, when do we begin to see yields to where we want to transition more into uh, the overall market? When are we going to see yields in the money market world or the stock market world? stock market going to be more attractive? Then, then uh, money market fund doing 5 6% right now. So in the stock market, you have yields now that are, you know, the S&P stocks are paying about 2.1% dividend collectively across the board on an average. You have some of them that are at 4 or 5, okay? And then you have other stocks, other programs that are, are double digits, you know, uh, 10%, 11% distribution yields, okay? So it's just a matter of what you're looking for to, to try and get your yields on, right? So when you're talking yield, understand this. This is important. When you're talking yield, you're talking income deliveries, right? And so let's pretend that you say, you know, I'm just going to use $100,000 so I can do math easy. Let's suppose you put $100,000 into a a, uh, a, a bank CD, and let's say it's paying 4% interest, just as an example, okay? So, so you get $4,000 a year on it. And then your neighbor says, well, wait a minute here. I've got $100,000 in XYZ stock, and it's paying me 9% dividend yield. That's $9,000. And you go, well, I want to move, move my money over there. That's $5,000 more in this example, right? But the difference is this. In the bank CD, your principal's stable and protected. It's not going to go up and down. But in the stock market, that stock that I'm talking about is going to go up and down. You could get a statement one month, and the statement could say the value's at 105. And, oh, by the way, here's your dividend check. The next month you could get a statement that says the value's at 95. And guess what? Oh, by the way, here's your same dividend check. Because when you're talking yield, the primary investment objective becomes income. 
principal fluctuation is secondary. And that's what people try to get try to get the best of both worlds. So if you want if you if you're saying my primary my true investment objective is deliverance of income, then who cares one month if the principal's down or up? Because your goal on that piece of money is income. On the other hand, some people say, I don't want my principal to go down or up. I want it flat, stable, and fixed. Now we enter bank products, okay? But you're going to get a lower yield. And then there are, there are stocks in the middle there, Nelson, that could do a combination of both. Not so much principal fluctuation, but not so much yield. Maybe 4.5 to 6.5 or something like that. So, so it's just a matter of being uh, – of understanding – what's out there and available to you to accomplish that goal. So it's there. It's there now. It's always been there, okay? Uh, but you just have to understand what your investment objective is for that. And if you like, I'll, I'll send you out some information on the different types of yields on where you can find those different types of yields. Okay, I just – yes, I just had one last question before you send that out. When you're getting double-digit uh, dividends uh, off of stocks, I'm assuming that's higher up in the risk uh, curve, right? Well, it's higher up in the risk curve for principal, but being volatile up and down, yes, it is. And that's my exact point. That's the exact point. If your objective is truly yield, if your objective is truly income, okay, uh, put, put, put it this way, uh, this, this happened to me. I mean, I've been doing this for 30 years. This happened to me very, very long time ago in my career. I brought on an older client. I mean, this is plus 20 years ago, okay? I brought on an older client, and he explained to me, Larry, I don't care what happens to the principal. I just want my check. And he actually taught me and stepped me through this. And it was great. It was a great education. So my point to you, Nelson, is simply this. If you say, you know, out of all of my money, this piece of money over here, I just want it to deliver income to me, then does it matter if the principal goes up and down each year by 8 or 10 or 12 percent? No, because you're getting the income, right? And the rest of the stuff can be invested the way you want it to be. But I've seen people, un once they understand this, then they can go, hey, you know what? Now I see this and I get it, and now I'm going to move pieces of my dollars over here, and I'm just going to have income coming in based, just based off of this to pay the bills or do whatever it is. So that's, that's the deal on that. So if you're talking yield, you have to be committed to yield. Principle doesn't really matter going up and down because it's, it's the number of shares you have that gets calculated for the dividend yield. It's the number of shares, not the principal value, the number of shares. That's the secret behind it all. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you sending that out. I I will. Let me go ahead and place you on a quick hold. Appreciate the phone call. You listen to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at eight five five Rose one two three. That's eight five five seven six seven three one two three. Let's bring Al on from Alabama. Good morning, Al. How are you today? Doing well, sir. Doing well. You were just speaking about the IRAs, uh, traditional and Roth, and the traditional one is that one that brings the pain with the taxes. I was wondering, uh, with the traditional, uh, if you can you gift that to like your church or to another uh, organization and avoid taxes by gifting it. Yes, you can. 
you can do what's called a QCD, Al, a Qualified Charitable Donation, but you have to be 70 and a half or older in order to do that. So if okay. you're so if you're under 70 and a half, and, it, and I'm telling you, it's 70 and a half to the day, okay? Don't do it when you're 70 and a half and a day short. It won't qualify. But it's 70 and a half to the day, okay? And that sounds weird, but it's 70 and a half to the day. So if you're 70 and a half to the day, you can then say, hey, I want to gift through a, what's called a QCD form. Your custodian has that wherever the money's held. And you just put the name of your church and their address and stuff on there, and they'll send it right over to you. And you do not pay any taxes on that at all. As a matter of fact, I have seen just 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 from an educational standpoint, um, had a client that, that turned uh, uh, 70 and a half earlier this year. And I said, you know, we're no longer going to tithe out of your checking account, but we're going to tithe out of your IRA. And he said, what do you mean? And I said, well, here's the scenario, okay? I said, the money in your checking account, is that after tax or pre-tax? He says, well, it's after tax money. It's in my checking account, right? Yes. The money that's in your traditional IRA, that's pre-tax. He says, yes. I said, well, why don't we let you keep the after-tax free money and give your church the tax-infested money, and they can get it tax-free? And he says, this makes a lot of sense. So it, I'll just give it to you this way. In an example, let's suppose that he was tithing $10,000 a year to his church from his checking account. Now that he turns 70 and a half, we're just simply doing a qualified charitable donation from his IRA to the church. He's still doing the same $10,000, but he's giving them the taxable money, and he's keeping the tax-free money for himself. Okay? So that's one way that you can utilize this strategy and and keep more tax-free money for yourself. Okay. Now, do I do like, okay, let's say I, I'm doing – well, I'm not quite as wealthy as your friend there, so I'm doing $5,000 a year. So it's I, the same. Do it doesn't matter. Do it it's the same lump? math. Yep. Right, right, right. Do I do it in one lump sum, or can I do it monthly, or, or what? Yes. There you go. You can do it monthly. You can do it in a lump sum. You can do it however you wish. So basically the okay. functionality of this, and I'm assuming you're over 70 and a half, Al. Is that correct? I got another six years to go. Okay, well, then we'll just teach you then, okay? Let's suppose you were 70 and a half, all right? But there's other things that you can do. There's other, th there's other ways in other monies that you can avoid taxes on, okay? But let me, let me finish this discussion here for people that are listening. So, so if you're 70 and a half and older to the day again, right, and you want to do the QCD to your church, you just contact wherever your IRA is and say, hey, I want to do this on a monthly distribution to my church or on an annual distribution to my church, however you want to do it. You just fill out the frequency box on the form is what you do, okay? But this also brings up another point, too. You're tithing $5,000 a year to your church, right? And you're sending that money out of income or out of uh, 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 your checking account, I assume, right? Well, yep, out of your checking account. So on the non-IRA investments, so if you, if you have an investment that's a non-IRA investment account, let's suppose 
that years ago you've accumulated and you put fifty thousand dollars in there ok and now let's suppose it's worth i don't know one hundred twenty five thousand just to do math easy here so you have gains in that if you were to pull out some of your non ira investment gains you have to pay a capital gain tax on it right Yep. So you put money in, it grows, you pull it out to buy a car, you got to pay capital gains tax on it. Well, you can gift those shares that have gained to your church. Instead of writing a $5,000 check for a tithe out of your checking account, that's after-tax free money, you can gift $5,000 of growth to your church, avoid the capital gain tax, and then guess what you get to do? Then you can take the $5,000 that's in your checking account and rebuy those very same shares and reestablish a brand new cost basis in that exact same investment that you just gave away. And now you're creating more tax efficiency for yourself down the road as well. So you're not losing any of your own savings and investments. You're just changing what pool of money you're giving to your church. So you, you see, when, when we take a look at net planning, plan, you know, you've got your gross rate of return minus taxes, inflation, and fees. The, that's the dollar you get to keep. And when you take a look at the tax code, Al, you know, it explains how they're going to tax us, but it also explains how we can legally minimize that tax exposure just simply by understanding this. And if we're able to save a few thousand dollars a year here and there and around the corner and stuff, on taxes because we just choose to give it differently, why would we not do that? And that's all part of, of, of really doing a financial plan and really taking a good, solid look at it. So you can do that right now before you're 70 and a half, okay? If you want, I'll, I'll, I'll send you out some info and show you how to do it. It's, it's not hard to do at all. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, well, let me, let me go. Let me go. Pardon me? I said, any way I can legally avoid a minimized taxes. Yes, exactly. That's exactly right. And the tax code is very friendly when, when you're dealing with charities, nonprofits, churches, things like that. Just like I, just like I showed you here, it, it, it is. I teach a lot of people these things. I've taught a lot of charitable giving classes and seminars and stuff like that. And, and, and it really, really works out very, very well for all concerned, for you and, the, and your church. So let me put you on hold here, Al. Bob will get your contact information, and we'll get you some of this information out. I appreciate the phone call, and have a wonderful Labor Day weekend. Hey, you're listening to Making Money Sense. Dial us up at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Don't forget to check out my website, LarryRosenthal.com, because on Wednesday, a couple weeks from now, Wednesday, September 20th, we're going to be having a webinar on unnecessary taxes that could erode your estate away, right? That's what we're talking about. So a lot of taxes. You know, Chris, taxes are the most expensive thing inside investments. Indeed. It is. Indeed. Taxes are the most expensive things inside investments, right? Think about that. So uh, this webinar is free. There's no cost for it. It's going to be September 20th. And here's the deal. There's two times for it, from noon to 1 p.m. Eastern and then from 6 to 7 again p.m. Eastern. Uh, it's going to be the same material. Both classes will be live. You'll have a chance to, to uh, uh, ask questions live. So check it out. Go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com. In the right-hand corner, click on uh, Seminars or Events. 
and you'll see the see it right there on the website. Go ahead and register. For those of you that are watching on YouTube, you can click on the QR code that just showed up on, on uh, the video right there. It'll take you right to the registration page. We've got to take a quick break here, but give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. We'll be back in a moment with more Making Money Sense for Larry Rosenthal Show. Listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855 Rose 123. That's 855 767 3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. And here's another Money Minute with Larry Rosenthal. We've all heard the more risk you get, the more opportunity there is for growth in returns in your investments. However, can you have too much risk in your investments so that you get diminishing returns? You can only water ski behind one boat at a time. Make sure your risk-adjusted return is aligned with your investment objectives. Started with your financial plan today at LarryRosenthal.com or call right now for the financial planning toolkit, 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. This is the Larry Rosenthal Show. Welcome back to the Larry Rosenthal Show, 855-767-3123 is the number to call. That's 855-ROSE-123. To talk to Larry Rosenthal, who is live here in studio with us. Larry. Sure, Chris. Let's bring Denise on from Maryland. Good morning, Denise. How can I help you? Uh, good, morning, good morning, Larry. I'm fine. I want to say you're doing a phenomenal job of educating the audiences. I'll be very quick because I know the show, the show is ending soon. You just spoke with the gentleman about the uh, 70 and a half uh, rule that instead of tithing, that you could actually set it up as a GCD and take money from your financial institution and pay it directly to the church. Uh, you kept emphasizing 70 and a half. Are you saying at least 70 and a half, or it has to be on that exact day that the person is 70 and a half, and they can't do it any further than that exact day? No, it's 70 and a half to the date or older. Some people think, so So there's there's a, yeah, this is a great question, Denise, and let me just take a moment and clarify this, because it, when it comes to the RMD, the required minimum distribution out of your pre-tax IRAs, it's the year you turn 73. So suppose you turn 73 in October. You can start taking your RMD in February, and it qualifies for the whole year. Yeah. But when you're dealing with yeah. a QCD, if you turn 70 and a half in October, and you say, oh, well, I'm just going to do my QCD in February, <clears throat> penalty doesn't work. Okay. So the QCD carries the rule of the specific date in time or later. Okay. So, okay. okay. So, or later. Okay, so if someone turns 70 and a half, uh, say, in the month of August, mm-hmm. they can do it any time from August going forward. Let's, they say they're, let's say they turn 70 and a half on August 15th. If they did the QCD uh-huh. on August 14th, it will not qualify. But on the 15th, exactly. it would qualify. And then every year and thereafter. After that. Yeah, mm-hmm. then, then they can do it again January 1st the next year. They can do it any day afterwards for as long as they want okay okay 
And can they set it up for a lifetime? In other words, like if you just say, okay, I want to do $100 a month or whatever, can you just set that up automatic so it's for the rest of your life, or do you have yes. to keep doing it each year? No, no. Um, the, the, you would have to make a change if you changed the, the recipient, obviously. If you're sending it to ABC <laughs> Search down the street and then you want to send it to DES Search, you've got to change the form. Okay, but they'll continue to do that QCD in perpetuity until there's mon as long as there's money in the account pool. That account has to be perpetuity. Okay, and the final thing is, can you change the amount? Can you just get a form and say, okay, instead of doing 100, I want to do 200? So yes, but you'll have to do a brand new form on that, okay? Because remember, yes, there, that form is being reported to the IRS every year for of net distributions. Yes, yeah. So yeah, of you course. can do the that. Bottom yep. line, Okay, once you make that donation, then that money is no longer taxable. It's out of your account. Um, you know, it's, under it's like as if you've contract. never had it. Yeah, if, think of it right, like this. Exactly. It's as if you've never had it. There's no tax reporting to you. You'll get a 1099-R that shows the distribution of the QCD, but it's, good, it's a zero <laughs> on your tax return. Okay, and the person cannot write that off on their taxes as if they were taking it from a bank account. You could write it off on your taxes. With the QCD, you cannot write it off on your taxes as given to the church? That is correct. And so now we get into your individual tax tax bracket because some people, it's better to take the distribution and then write it off, and other people, it's better to, get, to do the QCD depending on your That's Medicare your tax yes. premiums of, of, of IRMA levels. <laughs> The ACH exactly. 3.8, whether or not you stand, exactly. whether or not you use standard deduction or itemize. Exactly. So, yep. Yes. So there's kind it's of a numbers a, game. You got to do the numbers. That's exactly right. It's a numbers game. Yeah. So <laughs> it's not. It's. I, I would say the blanket rule is this. Everybody should look into it. But how you Absolutely. go about, you know, if you're traveling down the the right lane on the highway or the middle lane or the or the left <laughs> lane. Depends on your own tax yes. tax scenario right there, Denise, but, but you got it. And, hey, I'll, I'll put you on hold, and I'll send you out all the ins and outs on QCDs for you, okay? Okay. All right. Thank you so much, and have a great day. Excellent yep, you too. Person. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring, 855-ROSE-123. Let's bring Gene on the line from Maryland. Good morning, Gene. How are you? Uh, I think after the last uh, half hour, I know all about the, uh, the QCD. But compare and contrast a charitable remainder trust and any tax advantages compared to the, the uh, QCD. Oh, absolutely. So how much time do we have here, Chris? Um, oh, we're so narrowing down here. We're pretty close to the end. Yep, here, so a CRT. Fill, fill up the clock here. Yep. Got a minute. One minute. Gene, I just got music in my ears, so that means I've got about 50 seconds left. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to close out this show. I'm going to put you on hold, and then I'll pick you up afterwards, okay? okay. But this is a, a very well detailed answer, and depending on what your objectives are, you'll either just simply do a QCD or a CRT. So let me go ahead and place you on a quick hold, and I'll, I'll pull you back up. Those of you that are following us on LarryRosenthal.tv on YouTube, you can watch the answer there. Uh, but, uh, you know, don't forget to check out my website, LarryRosenthal.com, to, to uh, sign up for our webinar coming up on September 20th. There's no cost for it. And actually, we will be doing some of these conversations uh, that we've been having today on QCDs in that webinar. So for Chris in the back and Bob McKay, I'm Larry Rosenthal. Have a wonderful week and happy Labor Day weekend to everybody. 
We'll be back next Saturday with more Making Money Sense. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.